1: Hey, hey, welcome everybody. It's me, Joey P, and this is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm your host, Joe P. Zapia, and with me every Thursday is the man, the myth, the legend, the man you know by three letters, DVR, Derek Van Riper. What's up, man? How you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad football games are about to start. I know we're going to talk DFS baseball, of course, on this pod, but uh, I'm ready for the games to count. In football I'm ready to start seeing if anything I think about this season is actually going to happen the way I think it will
1: well, considering how it's starting with Elliot actually playing in week one and uh, all of a sudden no no teams playing in Miami this weekend already it's getting off to a rip roaring start of well, uh, no one could have predicted this. I mean, really, who would have said like three weeks ago if this was going on that this would be the scenario that they would have bought into it? Nobody. And that's, that's the beauty of NFL, right? We could talk about it for weeks and weeks leading up to it, and then week one, everything gets thrown into the blender.
2: Unexpected turns at every turn.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's why I tell everybody, just take one week at a time. Like, don't try to look like six weeks from now and say, oh, you know, this stretch run of this player and this. No, just... Just try to win week one. Do everything you can to win week one. And then worry about week two and week two and so on and so forth. But like you said, DVR, we still got some baseball left. We've got another couple weeks here, so let's hit it, hit it hard. Top of the board, you got two big boys on this one. the Clayton Kershaw, $12,000 at home against Colorado, a situation where he usually owns the Rockies, especially at home. And then Corey Kluber at Chicago at the White Sox. Now, look, Kluber's been great. Kershaw, his last start back. Uh, after missing a giant chunk of time here with the injury at in the back again. Uh, he was terrific. It was the Padres. We expected as much, 49 points in just six innings, a la Clayton Kershaw. But the question is, do you take the pocket, basically, the extra 400 bucks and go with Kluber, or do you take Clayton Kershaw and the $400 premium at home in the NL, in the home ballpark?
2: I'm trying to figure out what factors actually play into the decision. I think the lineup uh, situation for the Rockies, you know, it's much more difficult for Kershaw to navigate that lineup than it is for Kershaw or for Kluber to n- navigate the White Sox lineup right now. So, even though Kluber's on the road, I think the opponent weakness favors Kluber a little bit. So, the 400 bucks that factors in a little bit too. But I think with Corey Kluber, the interesting thing here is that I, there's no restriction on him right now. The Indians might be able to catch the Astros for best record in the American League. For the Dodgers, I think it's still more about managing the workload of guys like Kershaw and Darvish and Rich Hill on a start-by-start basis. So I know he went six in his first start back off the DL, but I just wonder if the Dodgers are going to take it kind of careful with Kershaw's workload throughout September to avoid you know, risking a, another problem with his back.
1: Well, I was hesitant last week. I mean, the price was just enormous uh, when he came back, and I, I understand why. I understand it's Kershaw, but I was like, wow, first start back. I know it's the Padres. I know he could probably still be great in the six innings, wherever long he's going to go. And, of course, he was, but I tend to agree with you. I think I'd rather have Kluber, if I'm going to, pocket the 400, spread it around a little bit, and there's a ton of strikeouts in that White Sox lineup right now with a lot of young guys playing. So, for me, I agree. All right, Now, the harder part right now is trying to find a GPP arm on this slate because. You know, it's, it's tough. Aaron Nola had a fantastic stretch, but lately it's not been good. He's been had some bad outings, six earned runs in his last start. Before that, one good one, but the previous two, seven earned, five earned. I mean, really, the Aaron Nola that was looking like a number one guy all of a sudden now has come back and pitched a little bit more like number two in the last month.
2: Yeah, I think Nola's form and the matchup being on the road against the Nats, those two things are enough for me to look elsewhere. And The layup for me, based on the matchups, is Lance Lynn. For 100 bucks less than Nola, 8300 he goes on the road to Petco. Sure, there's some risk because with Lance Lynn, we're talking about a guy who's really kind of building up a high innings count, again, coming off Tommy John surgery in the lost season a year ago. But he's looked pretty good his last couple times out, really not showing a lot of signs of fatigue. Uh, against teams that strike out a lot you know a team like Tampa Bay who we faced two starts ago piled up eight K's in seven innings I think he could do something similar this time out against the Padres so I think if you're looking for the GPP option in that mid-tier I like Lynn a little more than Nola when you account for the matchups I'm not ready to trust John Lester yet up at 8700 against the Pirates and I think Roark is maybe the only other alternative as I look at those kind of middle four options.
1: Well, I actually like Roark, And and I'm going to put this out there, you know, this is a pitcher that I've liked the last couple of years. And unfortunately, this year has not been good. I think we can all look at that four and a half ERA and we can all agree it's not been good. However, it doesn't matter because this is daily fantasy. And the way Noah' has pitched of late, the way the Nationals have played, and also looking at work price-wise plus the last two outings. We're talking 19 Ks over his last 13, just one walk over those 19 innings. So I don't know if it's a mechanical thing or a health thing. Whatever's clicking for him right now, he's been outstanding the last two starts. Not good, outstanding. And I think right now for the price, the GPP with limited options out there, I'm willing to roll with Tanner Rourke tonight.
2: I I don't fault you for giving that a shot. Now, the only other pitcher I'm thinking about is Clayton Richard. You know, I mentioned Lance Lynn as the mid-tier option, but the cheap option that's the most intriguing might be Richard at home in San Diego. The overall numbers for the season are gross. The ERA is close to five. The whips around one and a half. But you look at what he does in his home starts. Occasionally, he kind of pulls the julius scene. He doesn't have scene splits as far as the overall success at home, but not surprisingly – Clayton Richards had a better job keeping the ball in the yard during his home starts. So if you want something that's low owned contrarian, you know, Clayton Richard might scratch that itch. I'd have to have three or four different lineups before I get that far down, but I think he'd be the cheap option. I'd be most likely to use if I went that route.
1: It's amazing too, to look at this slate and see the name Matt Harvey and see the price next to him of 6,300, you know, just just thinking about a couple of years ago where Matt Harvey was a, a double digit pitcher and now for him to be at the bottom of the slate between Tyler Mall and Sam Gaviglio, I mean that is that's rough.
0: <laughs> it's kind of just
1: one of those things you look at, you almost gotta scratch your eyes. You can't believe what you're seeing.
2: Yeah, I mean if if you were anybody else, you wouldn't even think twice about it based on the track record. And because he's Matt Harvey, at least he used to be Matt Harvey. Well, I guess technically he still is Matt Harvey, but he's not the Dark Knight anymore. I think it's fair to say that. I I don't have any interest in throwing him out there. I think it's too risky at this point. I mean, if it's a GPP like three dollar tournament call, sure. I guess that's the extent of it. But beyond that, no. I'm just I'm not expecting to see that turnaround here in September.
1: No, he's definitely lived long enough to to become the villain. I think that's certainly what's happened here. All right, let's go look over a catcher here. You got Yasmani Grandal top of the board against the Rockies at 3,200. A light slate tonight being a Thursday especially with NFL kicking off so not a full giant slate of games here also no day games going on you got Yadier Molina at 3k against the Padres against Richard you know Yadier's always a good guy to get on base you always like him but let's go a little bit further see if we can find some other options here uh let's throw out first Jan Gomes here with the shot against the White Sox at 2600 what are your thoughts
2: on Gomes tonight Gomes, uh, I'm frustrated by him. I like him against lefties. If you're going to use him as well, a spot Well, that's what it is. It's it.
1: Rondon. That's yeah. why I'm saying it coming off a home run the night before.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's Pop, and when he goes deep, he's more likely to do it against a lefty than a righty based on what he's done historically. At 2600 it's not going to hurt you cost-wise, so I think I can see the case for that. I guess if I'm looking at that same price tier, though, I'm going JT Real Mudo matched up against Sean Newcomb. Like mm-hmm. that – I know Newcomb has you know, prospect pedigree and, and there's a reason to like him long term, but a righty lefty matchup for a guy in Real Mudo who I think is the better hitter than Gomes, is the way I'd prefer to go if I'm going to stay in that tier.
1: Yeah, I think Gomes has more GPP upside because of the power. He's got three home runs over the last seven days. So, you know, the power's good. And again, against lefties, against Rondon, I think, you know, there's. You know, there's opportunity there. But I would definitely agree in cash game. I think Real Mute is the safer of the play. Then you got Sal Perez, who's all the way down at 24. You know, just a couple of days ago, Todd Zoll and I were talking about him down at 3K. And I said, look, you know, that's that's great. Now he's got another matchup again against Kyle Gibson. And he was good the other day. You know, Zoll and I were talking about him. He had 18 points. Uh, quiet day on, you know, yesterday. But I'm looking at 2400. Again, a guy's, you know, I understand maybe he's wearing down a little bit. He came off the DL, and he hasn't been great since. Maybe it's still nagging at him, the injury. I don't know. But at 2,400, I mean, it doesn't get much better dart throw in terms of a guy who's got power at the catcher spot. I mean, I almost feel like, give me that, and I'll I'll take my chances. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I'm looking at Perez, and I'm thinking, yeah, sign me up 2,400.
2: Yeah, I think Sal's a great cash game play. Maybe Travis Darnot, assuming he's in there at 2,400. Mm -hmm. uh, He's also been hitting – pretty well recently so it's righty righty against Tyler Mail, but not a pitcher I'm really worried about at all so I think Sal is probably my number one option when you account for the fact that he's even 200 cheaper than a guy like Real Mudo. I think he's viable in cash and GPP Darno is more of a GPP consideration uh, and the two catchers we talked about before and, and Real Muto and Gomes you know I think Real Muto cash ideally Gomes GPPs.
1: All right, let's talk about first base, 4,500 for Rizzo's top of the board, but right underneath him at 44 is Joey Votto against Matt Harvey. Uh, You know, look, considering Harvey's first outing, it was not pretty. I don't know if I expect him to be quite that bad, but kind of like when you go back to talking about Kershaw, I expect him to be limited. You know, I don't expect him to be going out there and pitching to the seventh and eighth inning. And if I'm going to pay up for a first baseman, considering the year Joey Votto's had, the on base, the power, everything, I know it's New York, it's not Cincinnati, but – You know, it's played much better that ballpark since they made the adjustments for left-handed bats. So I think Votto, Encarnacion, Freeman, all these guys at the big 4K range, you can afford them if you're going to go with the Rourke kind of an arm. I think you could certainly make that work. And look, the savings of catcher with a guy like Sal Perez, you might be able to make that work as well, even in the cash games.
2: Yeah, I think there's a limited amount of chalk at first base, but Votto certainly offers that up. I think in the mid-tier, the name that I'm looking at the most is Eric Hosmer. 3,500 going up against Kyle Gibson, it's at home. But people are overlooking just how good of a season Eric Hosmer has had. The average up at 317, 23 homers, 80 ribbies entering play Wednesday night. I mean, this is a guy that's been, I would say, a top 10 first baseman with relative ease. And because there's been you know a surge in power league-wide going back to last year, we're just not really aware of how good Hosmer has been.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the lower guys that would normally be there, don't love the matchups tonight. Uh, even Ryan Zimmerman against Nola. I mean, Zimmerman's been had a great season. I don't take anything away from him. In a tremendous first half, and Nola has struggled. I'm okay with the 33. I look, it's going to kill you, but to be honest, I think I'd rather go up there. Like you said, Hosmer's a better option. And, and even as you go up there to the Carlos Santana's, anyone in I mean, I think I'd rather pay for first base tonight with the way it's shaping up, especially catcher being so cheap. And when you look over third base too, I think we can find some more value there. So let's take a look at third base. you got Chris Bryant, top of the board, 44. Eugenio Suarez at 38. you got Justin Turner at 35. Let's talk a little Justin Turner, uh, a guy who's hitting 330 on the year. He's got a matchup against John Gray. Uh, to me, I think that Turner's absolutely in play for 35, and he's been a pretty solid return guy. I mean, this is a guy that's constantly putting up points on a nightly basis.
2: Yeah, he is. And, and the funny thing is, John Gray is one of those pitchers that you know, we like him because if he didn't pitch half his games in Colorado, the overall result would be a lot better. But even when he's on the road, I, I don't fear him from a DFS standpoint. I, not necessarily a guy I would stack against when he's pitching on the road, but certainly a pitcher I'm willing to throw some one-offs in there against. So Turner at 3,500 offers up an interesting option in the mid-tier. If you want to give a little mini Royal stack going – Moose Tacos, Mike Bustak is 3100 also very fairly priced against Kyle Gibson. Maybe a little more of a cash lean than a GPP lean on him, but I think he's definitely in play as well, given the power that he brings to the table.
1: All right, now as you go down third base, is there a spot where, I mean, you know, it's funny. I mean, you see Nolan Arenado down at 26, but hey, it's Clayton Kershaw, so you say, okay. Is there any contrarian love, though, for this at 26 because maybe – like you said maybe it's still a little bit limited Clayton Kershaw in that sense and maybe you do get a little option not that the bullpen isn't tough too but I mean it's it's been kind of a a tough road here for a little while but Nolan Arenado showing some signs of life the other night at home against San Fran he had three hits 2600 is so cheap for Nolan Arenado would you take the plunge
2: yeah you're almost just hoping to get two plate appearances against the bullpen right you know that Kershaw leaves the game down 1-0 or down 2-1 or something but the way the Dodgers have been playing lately too they're going to be like scrapping for everything these next couple of weeks to kind of make sure that lead doesn't become one they could lose right they've got enough of a cushion right now if they just play decent for a couple weeks they'll clinch the division with plenty of time to spare uh so Arenado at 2600 you know it's contrarian but obviously there's there's a case to be made for it and uh, I think the the lack of alternatives for an eight-game slate at third base is right? weird to me. Like, this this feels like a four-game slate. It's bizarre.
1: It's bizarre because there's injuries and there's guys that you just don't want DFS. it's just not good DFS players, and the players you would like aren't up great matchups. That's why Turner sticks out to me because I think he's the best return on investment at 35. I mean, even Rendon is the same price, but Rendon is much more of a GBP guy. He's all or nothing. You know, he has those great nights. You know, you'll love him in the weekly league because he has one or two great nights in a week and it makes for a good week. But on a nightly basis, it's very tough to gauge. But I don't want to pay up for Bryant, and you really can't because you kind of have to pay a little at first base. And if you want to own even Kluber, is the cheaper of the two options in cash games. It's tough, and that's why I think Arenado's in play. If you're going to have a Kluber lineup and you don't have Kershaw, I think he's more in play because of that. Like if you're going to have Kershaw and Arenado, I don't know if that's the best way you want to go. But if you're going Kluber, I think at 2,600, Arenado is absolutely a, a risk worth taking. Because, I mean, look, for a return on investment there, it, he doesn't have to do that much. <laughs> you know, get us on the base one time, you know, a nice little double or something like that, maybe a run scored, and all of a sudden he kind of returns value.
2: Yeah, the only other name, I guess, that I'm kind of intrigued by, assuming he's in there for Cleveland, is Yandy Diaz. It's a righty-lefty matchup in a hitter-friendly environment in Chicago. You know, Carlos Rodon hasn't been the guy we expect him to be coming off the strong second half that he had last year. Uh, that biceps injury that cost him a good chunk of the year could still be a factor in some way. So Yandy Diaz could be the alternative punt play to Arenado against Kershaw since he's $300 cheaper at 2300
1: All right. Now, if things don't get any easier at second base, because I'm telling you right now, you're going to have to get the checkbook out again, because, you know, Dozier's been very solid. Even Jose Ramirez, who's, you know, 3,800 compared to Dozier's 43. I I love the matchup for him against Rodon, because I think he's going to get some bullpen. And Ramirez is red hot again. He's got five home runs in his last three games. I know you don't want to pay for the last couple games, but look, seeing the ball well <laughs> so right now 38 almost seems like a bargain when he's putting up 30 points a night
2: yeah this is this is bad again another position where you don't see a whole lot that you like if you can't afford to pay up because you already paid up at first base and third base and for one of those top two pitchers i think you're going to see people gravitating towards I mean, Lance Lynn, I, I like him as a second or third option on the mound, but if you're not using him because you're paying up, Solarte's only 2400 He does have some sneaky pop. You know, he switch hits, so he's unlikely to get taken out of a game early. So if he's in there against Lance Lynn, I think that's one way to get some salary relief in the middle infield, with Salarte being at second base at that price.
1: Yeah, I mean, even a guy like Logan Forsyth, who, you know, would be a guy I would normally recommend, he's been stone cold lately. Uh, you look at the rest of this board, a guy like Scooter Gannett, who might be you know, at times a cheaper option, not so much <laughs> tonight, you know, I might as well just go and, and get Ramirez for the cost of Scooter Gannett. I like, guess it's just not worth it. I'd rather pay the extra, you know, premium just for that. Because that, I mean, you look at the rest of the state, there, there's no second baseman here outside of Salarte. I mean, unless you want to go oppo again with Lemayhu, but I think Arenado fine, Lemayhu. I think that's asking a little bit too much to do two of them. So yeah, I mean, this is another one where all of a sudden you got to pay up and there's nobody cheap. I mean, it's, it's, it's 36 and up starting with Gannett all the way up to the top of the board to Dozier at second.
2: I feel like this pricing for this eight game slate is designed to get you to get frustrated and go make a bunch of football lineups for week one.
1: <laughs> it is, or it's trying to force your hand almost to uh, another pitcher, not on this group, you know, not in that top tier group, which I think is a mistake. You know, I really do. I, I I think I think the tempting part there is to go off of Kluber or off of Kershaw, and I think that's a huge mistake because I think they can make up the difference in a cash game because the rest of the pitching slate isn't that good. So to me, I, again, I, I think third base and catcher is where we're finding the value so far as we peel into it. And I think you take those chances there and get your foundation and get your floor at the corners because you're going to excuse me at first base and second base because right now you got to pay. Let's see if shortstop can help us. Lindor 4200, Trey Turner 4K, Ore Polanco 37, and then you got DeJong at 32. Let's talk about DeJong who's been, um, you know, a, a guy float under the radar for a little while, but I think now people after point, you know 21 home runs in the season now, I think people have finally taken notice of him and, and realized I think a safe option at 32, and he's got a good lefty righty matchup against Richard.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to have enough lineups to actually use Richard, even though I tabbed him as the, the cheap option I would throw out there if I had a lot of lineups going. Uh, the raw power is impressive. I think there's still some concerns about DeYoung's play discipline, but you know, I'm not worried about that from a DFS standpoint. I'm worried about that from a 2018 season-long perspective. The other name, though, that's really interesting is Zach Kozar. Yep. I mean, if Harvey's a punching bag, Kozar at 3,100 offers up nice value. I would like to get some exposure to him, and, and that you can get Zach Cozart for what, 500 less than Scooter Jeanette? That's pretty interesting.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm all over Cozart tonight for all those reasons. Plus, another guy starting to heat up again, too, after he had a little bit of a cold stretch. Another guy who's dealt with a lot of injuries. You know, if, if only Zach Cozart could play a full season. Let's talk about another guy who's the 3,100, who's been, you know, playing a lot because, well, there's not a lot of people left to play. It's Jose Reyes. Reyes, also another option at 31, who's putting up points. I mean, He's getting his hits. He's actually getting his walks, too. If you look at the last seven games, this is a guy that's got uh, six walks over that time, and that that's tremendous right now. And, you know, and stealing some bases, too. He's got three steals in his last four games. So Reyes is a guy getting points in lots of different ways. If we were looking for salary relief, Kozart 31, DeJong 32, Jose Reyes 31. Finally, shortstop is helping us out a little bit.
2: Yeah, and the ultimate punt play, if he's getting the nod against Tanner Roark, would be jp crawford i mean 2000 flat that opens up a lot of flexibility elsewhere in your lineup
1: and you might have to have the punt play the way things are looking you might have to have the quote-unquote responsible punt to make things work because you know in the cash games i don't feel good like I, there's no tanner work as much as i might like him don't feel good i mean did you we you know we kind of glossed over lester just want to go back to that do you feel any you know any comfort level at all. The last two outings have not been great. He did come out with a win in the last one, but it's been kind of a weird couple weeks. Would you tempt fate with Lester against the Pirates here in this one, against Tyon, or is that a little too dangerous?
2: You know, I don't fear the Pirates. I like that it's on the road in a pitcher-friendly environment, but I don't think on this slate with the the lack of confidence I have in the bats that I like overall, I don't want to take any chances with the pitching. At all. Like so it's really more of a if the bats available were better, I would throw Lester in there, but I don't like the combination of Lester and some bats that are priced up because of the lack of alternatives.
1: Yeah. Right. Like you said, this is the kind of slate that's gonna drive you to work on more week one NFL lineups. Speaking of that, over two and a half million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel to make an advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at fanDuel.com slash RotoWire and you'll get a free six month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday million, which offers more than 1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash roto void where prohibited. Let's go to the outfield. Giancarlo Stanton, top of the board 47. I love you, Stanton. I love you. You're the best. You just keep it in home bombs. I, I, it's just fantastic to watch, but I can't do it. I can't do it. It's just too expensive tonight. I'm just moving along. Same with Reese Hoskins. just, Keep going because you need some savings. You gotta find it in the outfield <laughs> because there's really not too many other spots besides shortstop to find it. Let's talk about Byron Buxton, the man who's just you know continues to hit. Uh, you know he's against the righties, Sam Gaviglio. Uh, he's thirty six hundred. He's been very good quite the last couple days, but overall you gotta love what you've seen out of Buxton here in the last month and change.
2: Yeah, you love where they're hitting him in the lineup. He's doing everything. He's made as uh, Brandon. Warren, who uh, covers the Twins uh, up in Minnesota, you know, he's tweeted this out earlier today. You don't have to take a snapshot of Buxton's season anymore for the numbers to look good. Like Mm -hmm. the season slash line for as good of a defender as he is and for as young of a player as he is, is now at the point where you look at it and say, yeah, he's a good player. And uh, thinking about what he's done in the second half, it gets you pretty excited about what the future might hold. At 3,600, I don't have enough room left in the budget to pay up for him based on what I've done so far. I have no problem at all using him. If you're going to pivot to one of those mid-tier pitchers and you've got the extra money in the outfield, great. Buxton's a good fit. He's just not a good fit for the lineup that I'm trying to build.
1: No, he's he's more that you're gonna go with you with know, with John Lester in a cash game. Maybe you could squeeze him in there. That's probably the way you could do it. But well, if you got Kluber and those guys, nope. Uh, and another guy, at 34. I want to talk about too. Lorenzo Kane. We talked about some of those guys like Perez. We talked about Hosmer, and Mustakis, Royals looking like a a viable stack tonight against Kyle Gibson. But I mean, the one at bat he had yesterday, he went yard, which is great. Also walked twice in that contest, so the walks are coming a little bit for Lorenzo Kane and. Look, you know, another guy that offers a little bit of everything. He does have speed. He does have pop. I think you like the matchup there with Kane. It all depends on how he fits in, like you were saying. So let's try to get some, some cost savings there because we're going to need it. Let's go down, 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 and continue to try to find that. All right, let's start with Adam Duvall at 3K, a guy who's got power. Uh, I would take the chance on him, especially GPP against Harvey because I think uh, the power of Adam Duvall travels.
2: Oh, He has no respect. It seems like for what he's done, right? Last year and this year, I mean, he's a great follow-up so far. He's probably going to finish with like thirty-five plus homers. Should get over a hundred RBIs. Adam Duvall's a good player. He's priced very fairly at three thousand. I don't care if it's chalky. I need power bats that can help me in that mid-tier. So I think there's a good chance Duvall's in my my base lineup as one of my three outfielders. I like Randall Grichik at twenty-nine hundred too. I mean, again, if I'm, if I'm not playing. I'm not going to play him in my Clayton Richard lineup if I make that many. Spoiler alert, I'm probably not going to make that many. (laughs) But 2,900 on Grichik against the lefty is very fair. And as people know, Petco is much easier for right-handed power than it is for left-handed power. So Grichik's not in as nearly as bad of a spot as you'd think seeing the at San Diego on the schedule. Fair price for a guy that has a lot of home run upside.
1: All right, if Brandon Nimmo's in the lineup at 29, is he in play against the right-hander?
2: I on principle cannot play Brandon <laughs> Nimmo in my lineups ever because I'm, I'm I didn't realize I was like,
1: it was a Nimmo principle this sounds like a an episode of the big bang theory you know the way like the Nimmo principle something I think like I would never expect Why? Yeah. I well
2: I, I was covering the draft six seven years ago when he was drafted and First thing I remember about Brandon Nimmo is that he didn't play high school baseball because he grew up in Wyoming and they don't have high school baseball. They have Legion ball. And after that, the next thing I remember about Brandon Nimmo is that the comp was Von Hayes type player. Like that was the best. I loved Von Hayes. Yeah. But it's like, it's like a first round draft pick. You just like, come on. Like that's, that's the best scenario. I'm the
1: Met fan. I'm supposed to be more angry about this stuff than you.
2: I, I've, just, I've just convinced myself that from day one, the Mets made a terrible decision drafting Brandon Nemo in the first round. I'm sure he's a nice guy, and <laughs> it's not his fault he was born in Wyoming. I have no beef with Wyoming. I just It's like wired in my brain that he's not going to come through for me and that he's just overmatched and getting run because the Mets spent a first-round pick on him once, and they feel obligated to keep pushing him out there.
1: I have a bad feeling, Derek, that you're gonna get some Twitter action from the American Legion of Wyoming, and and it's coming your way. There's gonna be some trolls from there coming your way from the American Legion group, and they're gonna find you. Can find him at Derek Van Riper, by the way, in case you're looking for him out there in Wyoming. All right, let's go find some of the other guys here on the slate. You got Jason Worth down at twenty seven hundred, Michael Taylor twenty seven as well. Uh, Juan Lagares, 27. So these are some guys you have to you know, make sure you check who's in the lineup as, as lineup information comes out. Lagares is got another guy, too, of late. Uh, i you a little bit, not a lot, but, again, we're looking for some price relief somewhere because we have to find it. I don't think Blackman's in play with the lefty-lefty against Kershaw. I probably won't be in the lineup would be my guess, but you never know. They might be desperate. Uh, where else can you go? Is there anybody else here for you as you continue to go down the line here that you think you could throw in there? And maybe help that Kershaw Kluber
2: salary relief. Yeah, pretty much all the Cardinals bats. You just see who's in. I mean, if Jose Martinez is in, I think you got to think about playing him. Um, you know, a guy like Stephen Piscotty could be interesting too. Only twenty three hundred, so really it's a check the lineup scenario and plug in some of those Cardinals outfielders to save some cash. Uh, there's one other name that's been pretty intriguing to me over the last week or so. Jordan Liplow former third-round pick, a guy that hits from the right side. It's righty-lefty against Leicester. You know, I mentioned before that I, I, I'm not looking at Leicester as the guy that's going to get shelled, but I'm not using him either. So I should be able to pick some spots. And at least in a tournament, I think Jordan Liplow is the kind of player that brings some power to the table. You know, I, I trust that he's going to be in a spot in the lineup that's at least decent for the $2,600 price tag. And he can be one of the few differentiation points in a lineup on a night where there really aren't that many quality options to build around.
1: All right, let's talk about Lester one more time too. And let's go to starring Marte at 33, another guy where, you know, Lester historically has a hard time, you know, stopping guys from stealing. Anybody who has any kind of speed who gets on, you know, the probability goes way up for their uh, their chances to steal a base. Is Marte in play
2: for you at 33 because of that? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, I think there's there's power there, too, even though we haven't seen a lot of it this year, just five home runs when he's been able to go and had that little run against the, the Reds and Cubs coming out of the weekend where he had some big games, uh, 12 and a half, 18.7, and 24.6. So, you know, maybe after a pretty disappointing run since coming back from his suspension, maybe Starling Marte is ready to finish this season on a high note.
1: All right. You can follow him on Twitter at Derek Van Riper. unless you're Brandon Nimmo, in which case you probably just unfollowed him after all of that. You can follow me at Joe Pisa, PS 17 Baseball's still going. We'll still be here for everybody here at RotoWire. Have a great night of daily fantasy.